0: Do you want to give like a a synopsis?
1: Sure. It's about the scariest thing that could ever happen on Earth.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Geek 2. I'm Eamon. And
1: I'm Charlene.
0: And on today's episode, we're going to talk about Hawkeye number 22, the issue that ended Matt Fraction and David Aja's run. Finally. Yeah, that finally came out. Uh, We'll also talk about Ant-Man and x Machina, the two movies, or two of the movies that we saw this week. So, um, I mean, before that, though, we did, we saw several movies this week.
1: Yeah, it was... Um high movie week for us. Are you laughing at me?
0: No. <laughs> uh, we went and saw Minions with the kids, which was uh it was fun. It was good. It was Well,
1: we didn't see it with Courtney and Tegan right. was very excited to tell Courtney that we went to see it without her and he had already seen it.
0: Without him. Yeah. yeah.
1: Without, well, without him. And yes. Anyway, whatever.
0: But um yeah, it's kinda crazy. Um it was It had like the second biggest weekend, opening weekend for an animated movie ever, only behind Shrek the Third, which I thought was...
1: Shrek the Third? Yeah. (laughs) Did we even see that?
0: Um, I think we did, but uh, probably just once, not like the other two that we watched over and over again with our little ones at the time.
1: We watched the second one?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know but the, the Minions movie was it was funny it was cute it
1: was yeah
0: I like the soundtrack because it's like set in the 70s and so they had a bunch of old um, you know 70s music or earlier playing it's um, like 1967 throughout the movie. I thought was it yeah I don't remember exactly but it was close enough it was it was fun and the music was good <laughs> uh, what else did we see we saw Interstellar uh-huh. rented that it was, uh, it was good. I liked it
1: a lot. I liked it a lot, too. I was not expecting to like it. Right. And I thought I was going to be bored the whole time or very confused, because that's kind of what I heard, was that it was...
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a high-concept movie, but it's it does a good job, I think, yeah. you know, kind of at least explaining to the best of its ability, you know, what it's trying to convey. Right, it's not like so. trying
1: to teach us quantum physics. Right. It's just, <laughs> like, showing ideas of, you know, possibilities, which I don't think was very hard to understand at all.
0: No. It was good. I know. Um, Christopher Nolan's usually pretty good. He, um, I guess I haven't really seen a movie of his that I didn't like, but...
1: What did he do other than the I mean, Bats movies? He did... Uh, I mean, I know I've seen some, I just don't know.
0: Well, the only one I really can think of off the top of my head is Inception. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was with you on the Interstellar. I I just wasn't really sure if we were going to dig it, but it was good. Mm -hmm. Um, I also saw, not saw the movie, but I didn't know there was a new Aliens movie coming out. Oh, there is? Yeah. I mean, 2017. I haven't heard much about it.
1: With Sigourney Weaver?
0: I don't know. It's got... It says it's going to have Ripley and Hicks in it. So unless they recast her as a younger Ripley, then uh, she might be in it. I, I couldn't find very many details. I just know the director is going to be uh Neil bomb who did like district nine and
1: we never saw that. Um,
0: we did, um, we did. Mhm. That was his first movie is the, like the shanty town. And, um, I think it was South Africa, but it's um
1: did i fall asleep
0: maybe i don't know it's the alien movie but
1: i definitely didn't see it (laughs) okay maybe you watched it without me
0: maybe um because
1: i feel like i was supposed to see that movie and never got around to watching it
0: yeah uh i also saw um i know comic-con was last weekend and we did some of the news on our last episode but i finally got around to watching the three or four minute video that the star Wars panel had where they didn't show any footage. They didn't want to give away too much, I guess. So they just did a, like a behind the scenes montage that kind of focused on how they're using real sets and practical effects in a, in, in a lot of the movie. And, uh, that was, that was fun to watch, but the, uh, it was funny cause they had, um, like 6,500 people and, Hall H and they, uh, Kevin Smith panel was supposed to be after that. And JJ J. Abrams was like, and now everybody who's here can go across the hall to this free star Wars concert. <laughs> so
1: oh, there was, no.
0: there was like a mass exodus for, for that. And, uh, that Kevin Smith's panel was half empty, uh, where he talked about yoga hosers and his, you know, his new movie that's coming out. Right. And, um,
1: Awesome. But it was funny,
0: I heard, I heard, I like listened to Kevin Smith's panel.
1: Jacob keeps trying to get in here.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> he's making a lot of noise out there. That's um, all right. But, yeah, I listened to his panel on the Smodcast that just posted yesterday, and it was, uh, you know, I'm excited for his new movie as well. Of course um, you are. The only other thing, as far as, like, news-related that I saw this week was, Pretty Deadly has finally got a, a release date for when their second arc starts.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, so oh, good.
0: November, I think. Which is exciting. So, I don't know. What, what did you have for...
1: I'm listening to some podcasts again now that I'm finished with American Gods.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I kind of miss it. I'm, like, sad that I don't <laughs> get to, like, keep listening to it. It's really that good. And then we got to, we finished 47 Ronin. Yes. Which ended, like...
0: Three different viewings it took us to make it Yeah.
1: Through. Meh. <laughs> I mean, it was good, but I'm just like, what? Why? And then, um, I don't know, I got some new nail polish, which I'm really happy about. Which I know nobody cares about but me. But I care. And it was a big deal this week. Mm. So, I'm wearing it right now.
0: <laughs> Excellent. It's pretty. You're giving me the spirit fingers.
1: This... These aren't spirit fingers. <laughs> <laughs> these... Our spirit fingers.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, did you have anything else, or should we get into
1: No, I don't... Yeah. I mean, you thing? covered... Every, I mean, you said everything for me that we did. <laughs> cause we did a lot of stuff together this week.
0: We did. This weekend. Um, which is
1: nice when we get to do that.
0: Yeah. So, Hawkeye number 22 finally released this week. And... It's like, uh, Whoa yeah we've been waiting a while i guess the last it's been five months i guess the last one came out in february and it was just one of those things i just kind of dragged on and on and just kept getting pushed back for some reason that you know never really became clear to me i I didn't spend too much time uh tracking the delays but i think uh you know it's finally out that's all that matters but exactly um so for anyone who doesn't know the um, this particular Hawkeye series started in 2012. It's uh. It's
1: got right, we got on board right after the first trade right, came
0: out. The first trade came out right as we were kind of getting into comics, mm-hmm. and um, it, every every issue starts with the tagline about how he's the greatest sharpshooter known to man and join the Avengers. And then it says, you know, uh, this is what he does when he's not being an Avenger. So it's basically just Clint Barton and also the new Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. And it kind of deals with, you know, what both of them do when they're not being Avengers or new Avengers or whatever team they're supposed to be on. Um, But I think, I think the run also kind of started the Marvel now, Series or made Marvel change their approach to some of their characters, where right. they superheroes that are shown in a more yeah. I feel like it, it
1: marked the beginning of like a different approach on the on the way superhero books were written and viewed. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: there. I saw some some examples of you know what the series kind of spawned was like, uh, Miss Marvel and the new storm series that we haven't really read.
1: Not really. Um, not at all.
0: Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Have not read at all. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, the issue itself was, I thought, uh, cause I mean, I guess we're just really just going to talk about the one issue because yes. th- there was a lot that went, uh, and I did not have series. time to go back and no but it was yeah. um it was a really good way I th- I thought or it really did a good job tying up the whole series you know the two main characters the two hawkeyes spend a lot of the series um, apart from each other and kind of brings them back together
1: yep.
0: and um ties up the storyline with the the tracksuit mafia people who are trying to take over the real estate in the building where clint barton lives and mm-hmm. uh it had a lot of good callbacks to some of their more um well, not famous but more um creative uh some of the more creative approaches they took some of the issues in mm-hmm. the series like the pizza dog issue where they you know had the whole issue from the perspective of a dog they bring pizza dog back and give him like a Mm-hmm. A big part. And they they all, they even like throw in their, um, some sign language and stuff, which, you know, they did a whole issue with a, you know, a bunch of sign language before, which we, we really, we liked cause, yeah. um, there was a bunch of stuff on that, on that issue, how they worked with like the signing time, Rachel Coleman and signing time videos played a big part for, uh, <laughs> for us when we were, raising little babies Jake trying to get him to communicate. so I was, uh, really liked that issue when they throw that call back in there. But you know. what did, what did you think of the issue?
1: Um, well, obviously I really liked it a lot. It was very exciting to get it and I wasn't disappointed. Um, I think the, obviously I'm a fan of Matt Fraction's storytelling. Um, but I think with this book, I I really enjoy the way the story is told through David Aha's art. It's more like it's almost like a series of photographs and like still images that communicate the movement. I mean, just the one panel where Kate is tossing this gun in the air. I mean, that could have been shown, you know, one one panel and the yeah, same in a more thing could yeah. right. I mean, not even necessarily boring, but just different. Like it could have been communicated in a maybe um quicker or yeah. whatever way um but the way it was don't you know maybe five or seven panels of you know you get to see like still images of the gun, the gun flipping through from pan, and you know i mean that's just an interesting choice and yeah. something I, love- I really like about Aha uh-huh style.
0: I love the art in the book, the mm-hmm. whole series. I mean, they've had other collaborators, like Annie Wu did a, a lot of those. Right, and it was um, good. It was great. Kate Bishop storyline
1: mm-hmm. issues,
0: but um, yeah, just yeah, I agree. The way he uses the panels, just the way, even his style, like stylistically, it might be one, probably the favorite, my favorite thing that I've seen. You know, we were talking the other day about uh, one of our old podcasts where. I was talking about Jim Lee being the ideal kind of artwork for me in in comic books, and I would definitely say this is um, kind of
1: you're changing your
0: supplanted preference. That yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, the art, the color. Matt Hollingsworth does the colors. Um, it all just work together so well, and the way they use the panels, like you were saying, for action is That's just right. it it's makes crazy. Time, it's crazy like it good.
1: slows down all the action. Yeah. Like piece by piece, moment by moment. Just the the one section or portion where the arrow gets fired into the wall. That's like, you know, I mean, all of that happens in a flash, but it really slows it down. So that way the reader... You get
0: all the detail. Of what's yeah, you happening. get the
1: detail. You get the importance of what's going on. You're not missing anything. Yeah. Um, it's just really cool. And so... Um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with the characters. I know this run is over, but you know, there's some stuff left open-ended Yeah. as far as, you know, um,
0: and the new series has already started. The all new Hawkeye.
1: Right. Which we haven't seen Kate in yet. Have we? I don't think so. Kate Bishop.
0: Oh yeah. she's been, she's in it. She's in cause the new series has the
1: kind Did of two I, different maybe I'm not timelines. Caught up.
0: Um, no, she's in the first issue.
1: Okay, then I need to go back and read it, because I'm only remembering, like, the kids' stuff.
0: Jeff Lemire and uh, Ramon Perez? I don't
1: know. I don't remember. Mm. It's been a while since I looked at it.
0: Yeah. Um, It's pretty good so far, Um, and we like Jeff Lemire, so
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, hopefully it it carries on. But he's kind of like a historically difficult character to, to get. Maybe not to get right, to get interesting enough to carry his own series. Um, right they've a lot of he have any, like, even
1: superhuman yeah I, don't, yeah I don't know if that's it
0: i mean i think it's just maybe he's misunderstood as a character because matt fraction sure got it right you know right um even the and in the movies it's just you know he's he's kind of a fun character in the avengers but um in the movies mm-hmm. but I like him in uh what was it secret avengers that series he's pretty mm-hmm. uh, he's pretty good in that but uh, obviously that's not his own series so um yeah um, i mean i'm gonna i'm keep reading new Hawkeye, yeah yeah very sad that it's over and um especially the art it's just it
1: what else is david aha going to be working on do you know
0: what well, i don't know I, I went back to see what he has done and you know him I told you him and Matt Fraction had worked on that Iron Fist right. series from like 2007 or 2008. So I'm going to probably go back and, and read that. And, um, the Immortal Iron Fist. So uh, going forward, I, I don't know, but I will be interested in, in whatever it is. So Right. <laughs> did you have anything else on Hawkeye?
1: No, let's move on. Okay.
0: So um, we were going to talk about him next, right? Yes. So we went and saw Ant Man yesterday. Uh, Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, the main bad guy for the movie is played by Corey Stoll. I'm not sure what else he's been. I feel been like in, I've but...
1: seen him in things, but I can't like pull it out of my brain.
0: Yeah, and uh, directed by Peyton Reed, kind of famously supposed to have been directed by Edgar Wright, and um, he he still has a writing credit for Mm -hmm. the movie but uh they kind of had differences and uh parted ways and the guy who took over did a a pretty good job i think i like the uh Mm -hmm. the movie overall was very entertaining you know funny it's it's fun to see
1: i think it was like refreshing yeah kind of superhero movie compared to what we've seen a lot of lately
0: yeah it's um it's fun to see how different an approach marvel can take in their own kind of universe just because like you're saying you know superhero movies well i don't have a problem watching superhero movie after superhero movie a lot of people complain about um fatigue uh but then you know you can take especially with probably some of the lesser known characters take a completely different approach like ant-man and guardians of the galaxy you know both uh both really fun in different ways right uh in this one it's more of like a comedic heist movie yeah. than a superhero movie and um
1: uh, right there's not the same sort of like okay this is probably one of my favorite things about it is you do have those like super awesome like action combat scenes like with the two main people fighting but then that... <laughs> But then it's it's on such a small scale that when it zooms out, it's just hilarious. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, you
0: get some of that in the trailer with the um, with the, with, with the train, the train and stuff. But yeah. it it's it gets a lot better in the movie, I especially like the briefcase, scene. the briefcase.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it's one of the best parts. Yeah, with the not like incorporating like today's technology with Siri and yeah. you know the miscommunication yeah. there. Like.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was good
1: clever and little little bits like that that just made it super enjoyable and i was laughing really loud
0: yeah so i like i also like the way they um even set up the movie because it's not like the typical origin story i mean he doesn't he's another one of these characters who doesn't have any superpowers and you know when the movie starts off he's not even uh the first ant-man you know it's yeah michael douglas plays hank pym who's the original ant-man and then scott lang who is Paul Rudd is kind of drawn into that world. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I didn't, I didn't know too much about, um, the Ant-Man character beforehand. Like the only thing about the Ant-Man, the character. only book I think I've read with Ant man and it was Matt fractions, FF series. He's one of the four people who takes over for the fantastic four when they go off to do whatever they do in that, um, series. Okay. It's been a while since I read it and it's, um, and I never actually even finished it. So I'm going to have to, I do want to, but, um, yeah, it's funny that one of the, uh, the articles I was reading was talking about, you know, why they probably chose Scott Lang instead of Hank Pym to be their main ant man character. And Hank Pym is kind of, uh, saddled with this baggage from, uh, a lot of his old stories where, you know, some of them involved like domestic abuse and he's just kind of like this really he's one of the original Avengers, I guess, but he's really um challenged as far as being an effective superhero. You know, you get um a little bit of how he was affected by being a superhero in the movie, Hank Pym, mm-hmm. but he doesn't seem as I don't know, jerky in the movie as he's seems like he might have been in the comic books, but uh, I don't know. It was it was good. I I, I liked a lot about the movie you you were talking about, or we were talking about some of the the different things they do. One of one of the best things I thought of the movie was you know he's got this because it's you know technically a heist movie. He's got his little crew that uh, works with him and you know helps him with the heist. And one of them, Michael Pena, he's got these. Um, I don't know how to describe it. Um, the movie is like bookended by these two dubbed scenes where oh, so Michael Pena is kind of telling this story about, um, how, how he finds out that people are looking for, for Scott Lang. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's so effective cause he's, he's funny when he's telling it The the dubbing is, is funny because it's synced perfectly. Right, it sort of
1: reminded me of the way, um, drunk history is done. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah. I mean, it's a different no, thing, but you know, it's
0: just, no, that's a good, that's a good analogy. Comparison. Yeah. It's way yeah. different, but it's a very good analogy cause it, it was funny and it builds like this whole world that's like outside of the movie Yeah, and it kind of ties in, um, everything and, um, you know, the first story is the word travels back and kind of sucks him into stealing the suit. And then, uh, the, the second story is about how the Avengers are looking for him because of what goes on earlier in the movie. And, um, I don't know. There was, so we went yesterday morning yes, and you had to leave for work and
1: yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of time to like,
0: I think we've talked about the, um, our, our son Jake, how he insists on sitting through credits, uh-huh. and that's fine for Marvel movies, especially because they always have at least one of those little snippets. Some movies have two, and this one had two. So you oh, miss I missed the second, the second one. one. So it's going to be a little spoilery, but okay. um, I wanted to tell you about it. So uh, the second scene at the very end of the credits has uh, Captain America, Falcon, and Bucky Barnes, the the Winter Soldier,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, and they've it seems like they've kind of got them held prisoner for some reason
1: because well, he's a little cray
0: right and but like he's they have like this vice grip thing like grip to his arm so he's just sitting there and they're talking about um you know it's unclear what what they have him there for or what they're trying to accomplish but they uh they need something from him. they need somebody who is really smart and can figure some kind of ingenious way to get what they want and they make reference to how tony stark probably can't help them because of the accords uh which is a reference to the civil war storyline mm-hmm. which is the next captain america movie civil war and um you know falcon is like well i have somebody else that we, we could maybe you know
1: utilize
0: utilize and obviously he's referring to ant-man you, you know from watching the movie that he's referring to ant-man so that sets up ant-man's role in the next captain america movie
1: that's exciting
0: which is exciting yes uh but i don't know did you did you have anything else on Ant Man? it was Not really, really. Good. I it was I, very funny
1: it was yeah i think it was fun the, the kids were really excited about the whole thing they they got all of the like beats too yeah. like it wasn't over their head and like all the funny stuff like, yeah the briefcase stuff they thought was funny too yeah. even our eight-year-old i got um so i, I just masterfully done as yeah. far as a family movie um superhero adventure yeah. goes so
0: um well moving on to uh the other movie we were going to talk about we rented ex machina yes. which i've
1: um, been waiting for it to be available to rent on itunes
0: yeah i guess um because it i think it was direct to the video though right it didn't come out in theaters did it yeah it did hmm um
1: i'm almost positive maybe it didn't but i, mean, I don't know these things yeah. <laughs> i don't know but i know that it we could only like purchase it for a long time on itunes yeah
0: um I don't, do you want to give, like, a, a synopsis?
1: Sure. It's about the scariest thing that could ever happen on Earth. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, and I knew this is, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, this is why you would be extremely interested in the movie.
1: Um, artificial intelligence and the Turing test, um, which is, you know, testing whether or not something has achieved um consciousness right like self self-awareness yeah um and it's basically three characters three and a half mm-hmm. through the whole film and their experience in this really isolated setting and, um and it's like a mystery and a super intense i'm not doing maybe a good job okay so there's
0: right so <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay i, so I should have this- looked up um- so there's this guy who has won a, contest. won a contest to go spend a week with this super s- crazy genius guy? Who is like
0: he's the employer for the con- he's like he's the basically the guy who owns Google, but it's not Google,
1: right? It's called <laughs> Blue Book.
0: right? And I don't think the guy who owns Google is an actual hermit, <laughs> you know, right? Isolationist uh,
1: who's creepy, right? <laughs> but um. So the guy who's, like, sent to this place, he is going to um, have to run this robot, basically, through, like, a series of interviews or whatever to to determine whether or not she passes as having achieved consciousness or...
0: And you can tell yeah. that there's been trouble already. Like when he first shows up, you can see that there's this, uh, crack in the glass where it looks like somebody has tried to punch there. through it. Right. <laughs> Just there's little hints, little of, hints uh, of things to come. But. Yeah. Um, so I yeah.
1: was on edge the whole time.
0: Cause... Where, I was going to ask you cause about like 30 minutes in, you said something about how, how tense it was, which I thought is how the movie was going to be. And it was, um, I thought it did a good job building that tension, but I I was curious if you thought, you know, by the end the tension had kind of diminished um, at no, all. No,
1: not for so. me. Not for me. I, because I just really, they, I mean, there's so many directions things could go up until the last, almost the last, you know, the last maybe five minutes or something where you're just like, oh, okay. Right. But, um, you know, then like any Thing could happen, any story direction right. could take place. And so, and I get so involved in that kind of story that, yeah, I definitely yeah. could not relax because it was like, I'm trying, it's like this weird mix of me trying to not be surprised, you know, like I'm trying to figure out what could happen, but also. I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like I'm, I, I don't want to get like, I don't want to get freaked out. So I'm like trying to anticipate everything. And that makes me more tense yeah. and freaked out. So,
0: yeah, there's, um, I mean, obviously there's only a few relationships in the movie. Cause like you said, there's only a few main players, but, um, there is kind of this tension between, uh, the guy who was—I wish I had written down names and who the actors were. I know the employer was Nathan. Mm-hmm. The other guy couldn't tell you. And then there's the robot, who maybe had a name, Ava. Ava. Mm-hmm. So the the guy who's there to test her and and Ava, they have like this kind of um, relationship where she is sucking him in. And kind of building trust. And then there's this tension between both Ava and Nathan, and Nathan and the other guy as he comes to.
1: Right, because no one's being really fully honest with anyone at any point.
0: And, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of different themes running, I think, throughout the, um, the movie, which are uh, not, not new, but, um, and definitely like the themes you would expect for, um, a movie that's kind of dealing with the advent of AI. Right. But just like, you know, God versus man and the creation of something that has a consciousness mm-hmm. and you know, where does that place man on the
1: right. And, and, and where does that place the created being as on, on the humanity like right. are they human because they have consciousness like what qualifies someone as having the same rights that we have as human beings like just because a person made them out of bits and pieces of metal and plastic right yeah you know? i thought
0: that was i thought that was cool though um you know they they do talk a little or a lot i guess about how she was made and he talks about the brain not just physically how he had to construct it but you know like we said he the nathan character is you know made basically google and what he uses to kind of um is make her conscious is all the information running through that search engine right and you know just from facial expressions to reactions to right whatever but um, you know, then there's like the isolation, like geographically they're isolated and he has to helicopter into this house. And then, that's all and then trek on a whole bunch of
1: land. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, um, kind of deals with also how technology kind of enables isolation. Um, which
1: it's really interesting. There's a lot to like think about.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just thought overall it was, um, it was a it was a really well done movie you know it wasn't like a big budget movie or anything but right. it looked looked really good the mm-hmm. the robot is um believable i mm-hmm. guess uh but i don't know uh i guess without giving away too much of the end that I, I wasn't sure where that the world of that movie would go from I think maybe
1: we can talk a a little bit you know so if people don't want any spoilers about the movie maybe we can you can fast forward here or something but um, so she
0: yeah and she gets out of the house she right and and has
1: assimilated into the real world right but my question about that is why you know if basically she's like a sociopath yeah but she doesn't care about being human because she's left all these people behind and killed someone basically so what is her goal right so what is the goal is it just freedom um you know because she has a consciousness and she's locked in this room basically since her conception and now she wants to go out and see it and i guess she just wants to experience things but like where does that drive come from like the wanting to go see things without wanting to really um have human relationship like if without that then why does it matter whether she's in or out of that room because she can virtually experience yeah it doesn't matter
0: to the takedown of the civilization of the human race right
1: (laughs) (laughs) ultimately that is the question and um i would go ahead and say yes yes (laughs) yes
0: so she is somehow...
1: Now, why was... Now, like, my thing is, artificial intelligence is always created as being, like, this super, super smart being. But, you know, people are people, and we don't know any people as smart as these robots are depicted. Well, so, like, why couldn't I mean, we have an AI that was, like, childlike and love, lovely and sweet, <laughs> kind of like in Descender? <laughs> yeah. Like why can't we have that?
0: Well <laughs> Yeah, I mean I, I think it has been done before. Like yeah, but I not. never saw that AI movie, but
1: Oh yeah, um, that's true, neither did I. Uh yeah. But also not super super intelligent. Like, you know, like well, that's I mean, the thing that always comes with it is like this. Well it's like because a, they
0: have access as a you know, as a basically a well, can, is it possible to, to
1: create consciousness like that and feeling an emotion simulated feeling an emotion without having you know the super analytical capacity that
0: you know i wouldn't be able to tell you <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm just saying maybe that would be interesting
0: <laughs>
1: oh i guess it's kind of like um that Halle berry show a little bit although extent
0: yeah i don't know um I don't know. this uh, it's I, I think a lot of well i think a lot of like ai um storylines kind of start out that way don't they where they're I not like and then they they just kind of evolve and
1: i don't know there's always, always that like to the... ability <laughs> to process is, is always anyway whatever the thing yeah. is it creeps me out <laughs> that's it's the scariest thing i can imagine yes so and i think we can move on
0: yeah i think so do you do your notable they were both first? good
1: They were, Um, I did, I enjoyed them. I can see how other people maybe would be like, meh. But I think for us, (laughs) I know what you meant. (laughs)
0: Um, But yeah, my notable uh, for this week was just um, Seinfeld. It's finally available to watch on Hulu, all the seasons of Seinfeld. Hasn't
1: that been that way for weeks and weeks now?
0: Um, I mean, maybe a month. It hasn't been that long. Oh, okay. But I bring it up now because I finally have gotten around to starting to watch, you know, uh, and even with the kids and even Tegan thinks it's funny. Uh, but what sparked my interest to actually start, you know, I've wanted it to be available for a long time. Obviously it's one of the best, um, sitcoms on that's ever been on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't started right away as it was available. But then this past week there was that episode of Lexicon Valley that posted, right. Where they talk about
1: the language of Seinfeld,
0: right, and how it doesn't really translate um, to other language, like other countries where they need it translated, it doesn't really
1: uh, and it hasn't catch on been successful just because of the language phenomenon. of the
0: show, right? Which uh, you know was a very good episode, I thought of Lexicon Valley it was very interesting.
1: I agree,
0: and um, it also made me want to go watch more of the comedians and cars getting coffee, Seinfeld's um web mm-hmm. series i and there must be four or five seasons of it by now and i think i've only made it halfway through the third season and it's it's really fun because it's only you know they're usually like 12 or 15 minutes long and um i mean it's exactly what it sounds like he gets a different kind of vintage car goes and picks up a comedian they go have coffee it always makes me want coffee. <laughs> <laughs> just watching them brew coffee wherever they go. It looks delicious, but, uh, yeah. So Seinfeld is on Hulu and spoiler alert, it's still good. <laughs> so I don't know what's, what's your notable?
1: Um, well now that San Diego comic-con is over, all the information has trickled down to me in my, um, You know limited access to that stuff right now just because of the way i process social media at this point but i'm very excited about the stuff going on on once upon a time Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of uh, photos that have been released of the new dark swan Oh, yeah. Which is exciting. I know you're not into the show. I don't think. I think you've just seen bits and pieces when we're watching it. But I think one of the things I really love about it is it's something that I get to share and be excited about um, with our daughter. Yeah. Because um, there aren't too many things that that we get to do like that.
0: Just ongoing TV show kind. Right.
1: Of like well, I mean, something. that's also just sort of me and her. Like, yeah, right. Courtney likes to watch it, but it's not his. Like, he doesn't care it the same way so it's right. like a i feel like that's like our Mommy thing yeah <laughs> and um so there's a couple of video clips which i can't wait to show tegan when i have a little more time yeah. there's a little you know merida clip right. and then a little video of emma swan being the new dark one and her creepy sparkly face and um you know there's a couple of there's the bonus footage that i watched was on entertainment weekly um, and then there's a article at Nerdist.com um, with some interview stuff too on there with the panel from Comic Con. So it was just fun to read and get excited about. It's still a couple months away, but right. you know, I'm just anticipating that. It's exciting. September twenty seventh. Woo
0: Yeah, fall TV is always always fun. Yeah, several things that are starting back up to be excited about. But so. Um, I guess that'll probably wrap up this episode as always. Please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. You can leave a rating and review, please. Uh, you can contact us. Well, you can also download the show from our website, geekchew.com, and contact us there. We're also on Twitter at Geekchew, Facebook. Um, our email address is keep at gmail.com. And, uh,
1: let us know what you think
0: yes so I guess I guess that's it it was a fun week Uh, we had some time off together and that's probably why we watch so many movies (laughs) Uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys next week it was fun it was smart we liked it